This is the Jesus Only Speaks the Truth podcast. My name is Dennis McGee Jr. Today is Wednesday, March 17th. 2021 happy feast day to saint patrick uh one of my patron saints my middle name is patrick uh and i really want to say happy feast day to to saint patrick who of course is known for bringing catholicism christianity to the country of ireland Uh, i am half irish i'm half german half irish and uh so i would imagine uh if if i traced my catholic roots back uh, any of us that have any uh, Irish Irish lineage could trace our, our um, Catholic roots back to the efforts and the ingenuity of St. Patrick. Uh, you know, this is just something that, that came to me today, uh, more or less, I guess you could say, in terms of the identity of St. Patrick. Now, I don't, I don't know enough about St. Patrick, truth be told. But one thing that I, I'm aware of, uh, as legend has it, is that when he taught the Trinity, the, the, the Holy Trinity, which is a doctrine that is, um, it, it's, by the way, if, if you're looking for, for evidence of the Holy Trinity in Scripture, I will say this. If you read the Last Supper and the book of St. John, you will get a very strong sense of Jesus explaining the Trinity. Uh, that's the first thing. Second thing is this. If you read the book of Revelation, remember where St. John is on, the Atmos, is on the island of Patmos, it's the Spirit that is speaking to St. John. And you, and you clearly, the Spirit is also making uh, the reference, the idea that, that, that he is the Son of God, right? The, in, in the Alpha and the Omega. So, you know, when, what I'm trying to say is if you read to the book of Revelation, you will see clearly it is the Spirit speaking um, as God. So, what I'm trying to say is that the Holy Trinity, some people say it's it's not in Scripture. I, I would make the case that it is in Scripture if you look clearly. And also, finally, as we as many, many things go back to, remember in the book of St. Matthew, chapter 16, when G, I talked about this last week, when Jesus is founding the church upon St. Peter, Jesus is stating he's going to give the keys to St. Peter. Uh, he's founding the church upon St. Peter. The gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against this church, whatever St. Peter Loose is on earth, will be loosed in heaven. Whatever St. Peter binds on earth will be bound in heaven. Point being is that that, that is well, what church is Jesus founding 2,000 years ago? It's the Catholic Church. It's the only Christian church that was founded at that time and was the only Christian church for the next 1,400 some years, right? Till, till Martin Luther came along and started the Protestant Reformation. So the point I'm making is that that is the church, the Catholic Church is in fact the church Jesus is founding. Why is that so critical in this situation? Well, then we ask ourselves, well, what does the church teach on this issue, on the issue of the Holy Trinity per se, for, for example? And the, the church teaches God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three persons in one God, right? So how did St. Pa- Patrick make that case in Ireland to at the time a very pagan country, he, he explained the Trinity by the use of the shamrock, where the interconnection of the three, and that they were they were all connected, um, all equal, and, and, and that there was three in one. So um, based on that, and just based off of, uh, you know, maybe this is more of an instinctual thing through prayer, I get the vibe. St. Patrick was probably an amazing debater. I think he was incredibly logical. And my, my, I, I, again, I haven't done enough research. I'm not basing, I don't have a tremendous amount of evidence to support this. 
Uh, I guess one one point would be that he converted an entire country uh, to Catholicism from from being pagan. So he must have been very persuasive, right? But something tells me in a very real way that his arguments were in 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 the idea of being persuasive were also very uh, logical. And I also get the the idea that Saint Patrick was excellent at taking. Uh, grand ideas that are hard to explain and and making them simple, which is really that is a that is a gift from God. And actually, the best person ever at doing that is in fact Jesus Christ Himself is able to take the most complicated cases and and simplify them. And there is a lot of genius in that. Now, uh, in terms of this message, a couple a couple things. First of all, I want to pose a question: What is leadership? What is leadership? You know, some people say, oh, leaders are born. Some people say, well, leaders are not born. Um, I think you can make the case that e- either either, and both are true. Um, but I will say this. In uh, a lifetime ago, I used to work for a company called Enterprise Rent-A-Car. I'm sure you're very familiar. Uh, it was a magnificent corporate experience. And uh, I left there on a, on a high note as a, I was a branch manager of an operation and I learned a tremendous amount at a young age about business and about 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 uh, training and employees and customer service and you know customer service is the lifeblood of any business no matter what business you're talking about so um, but I, I learned I learned a lot of things that, that have played uh, that have that have, I've carried th- that I did not abandon those things uh, once I left but rather uh, I kept a lot of the good things that I learned and one thing that I learned was about leadership what did they teach about leadership. Do they teach that it was that you were born a leader or made a leader? Well, they, they didn't they didn't really address that issue. What they simply said in its most simplistic form is that leadership is by example. If you're a leader, you lead by example, right? Now, I think that is I've seen that so true in my life, uh, and and I, I think that was a very valuable lesson. You know, I can talk about I can tell you to do this or do that, and you know whatever. But if I'm not doing it myself. Eventually, you're going to see through. Uh, I think people are, are, are smart. Um, by and large, people are intelligent. And at some point, you're going to see through that phoniness, for lack of a better word, um, that you know, you have to be authentic. So where am I going with this entire situation? Well, where I'm going with this is that the last few messages that I've, I've done have been in the emphasis on a devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus and the promises that Jesus makes to those of us who are devoted to his most sacred heart. Remember this, this is not me just deciding this is a good idea or some man decided this was a good idea. Rather, this is the direct instruction from Jesus Christ himself. The devotion that I'm focusing on at this moment is is the actual sacred heart devotion from the 1670s. Fully approved by the church, many Countless miracles have been attested to this to this devotion, and I, I can tell you right now, I've seen so many answered prayers through this devotion, through the actual Sacred Heart of Jesus. So I can personally attest. I'm, I'm in fact I'm doing this. Uh, you know, on the podcast, I use the Sacred Heart of Jesus as 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 the icon. I use that exact image on the book, right? Um, why? Because Jesus said He promises great graces and blessings if you venerate that blessed image of a Sacred Heart. So it was by design. Now, so pra- how to practice a devotion to the Sacred Heart, that's the last two messages. I'm not going to get into that today because what I have to get into today is how to be an apostle of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the promises that Jesus Christ makes to those of us who will spread this devotion to His Sacred Heart 
So if you want to know how to practice that devotion, go back, listen to the last two messages I did uh, on this very podcast, and you will get a very clear idea of how to practice a devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And I'm using the book written by Father John Crusay, which of course, this was St. Margaret Mary's spiritual director. Why is that important? Jesus appeared to St. Margaret Mary. When the book was written, the manuscript was written, Father John brought the book to St. Margaret Mary. She presented the book to Jesus, and he gave it a resounding yes, his stamp of approval. This is what I want, right? So clearly I'm paraphrasing to some extent, but you understand what I'm saying. Jesus gave it his full stamp of approval. So this book, The Devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, there I read last week a variety of different promises uh, about the consecration, uh, about practicing the devotion, about honoring the image. The last two weeks I did that. This week is about those who are ready to make the step about being a leader, right? Leading by example, practicing the devotion, and now spreading the devotion, all right? Now remember this too. I'm, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a very quick story before I get into the, uh, these promises. I know at some point in the last five years I, I've told this story. But, you know, are you familiar with the term divine appointments? Divine appointments? Think about it for a minute. What is a divine appointment? Well, by definition, it's that God places you somewhere where you're supposed to be, right? All of us have experienced divine appointments. Um, whether we realize it or not is a different question. Um, some may argue that every where we go is, a, is, an, is an appointment uh, by God to some extent. But what I want to focus on is those very special people that you meet or those, in, not even the people you meet, the, the information that can be exchanged. It can be a very special person you're going to meet, right? Or it can be just that, that, that a one-time meeting, you may never meet that person again, but they told you something or you told them something that they will never forget for the rest of their lives. And I have a story like that. So I get—I know I told this in the last five years. But anyway, uh, after Enterprise, Renacoy, I began selling life insurance. Uh, had some ups and downs. Uh, probably too many more downs and ups. But in any event, on one of the appointments, I met a gentleman who was probably 10 years my elder. Now, keep in mind, at the time, I was getting ready to get married. So this, would have been, this would have been 2006. Probably about maybe the winter or the spring of 2006. So I'm on this appointment. And we're discussing, you know, a variety of different things. Uh, but the, the, where I want to go with this is this. He, he started to ask me, just probably, you know, we started talking personally. Uh, I explained how I was getting married in a few months. And he said to me, can I give you a piece of advice? I said, sure. He said, pray together. I said, okay. And he said, no, I'm serious. Pray together. He said, well, let me ask you this. What's the divorce rate in America? I said, it's about 50%. I said, yeah, about, about 50, maybe closer to 60, you know. About, about, one, yeah, about half the marriages end up in divorce, right? So he said to me, what is, what is the, uh, the, the divorce rate amongst couples who pray together daily? I said, I, I don't know. And he quoted the, the uh, research study. It might have been Pew, it might have been Gallup. It was, it was a, uh, a, a you know, household name study. It was a credible study. And he said, according to that study, the divorce rate amongst couples who pray together daily is 1%, meaning 99% success rate. Okay, so I thought to myself, well, there you go. Like that, that, like that's what a what a correlation, what a causation. Clearly, so uh, I, I've taken that and applied it to my life, and, and it was such a blessed encounter. I never saw that guy again. Oh, I never sold my shorts. Never saw him again. Point was, is that uh, 
He taught, his name was Michael. He taught me something from Westchester, Pennsylvania. He taught me something that I never forgot. I employed, I've employed for my, to the best I can uh, throughout my marriage. And I think it was one of the greatest lessons that I learned in terms of about, about a, a happy, successful marriage. And now my wife and I, I'll be, we've been married 14 and a half years, coming up on 15 years. So, uh, you know, you may be listening to married, uh, this, this message thing, you know, you've married 50 years, 60 years, whatever. Um, yeah, we have a way to go, clearly. And every, and, and, uh, and, but, but one lesson I plan on taking forth is to pray together daily. Now I'll take it a step further. I was, I'm, I'm really trying to get in the habit of asking myself th- this question. And I, and I encourage you to do the same. When you hear something, when someone teaches you something, when someone says something, ask yourself, or you think something, ask yourself this question. What did Jesus say about this? Okay. Well, I would, now Jesus, what the reason I'm saying this is Jesus promises if you're devoted to his sacred heart, a, dev, a, de, a devotion to his sacred heart, which again, you can go back to the last two weeks, listen to how, how to make that practice. Jesus promises peace in your family. He promises peace in your family. So I would even take it a step further and say practicing a devotion to the sacred heart um, would be a great investment in your family and in your marriage. Okay? So with that being said, leadership by example. So we need to begin the practice of the devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus and then begin spreading the message. And as we experience these blessings, what's going to happen? We're going to become more enthusiastic, more joyful, right? So let me begin reading a few of these promises to the sacred heart of Jesus. Regarding, all right, what this is, this actually reads verbatim, 10 promises for the apostles of the sacred heart of Jesus. I urge you, if you're hearing this message, take seriously uh, the promises that are made by Jesus and, and think to yourself, how can I begin to spread this devotion? Begin practicing it and then begin spreading it. My guess too, once you begin practicing the devotion, you're going to be so filled with joy and blessings, you're going to have a tough time containing yourself. Jesus talks about that in the Diary of Divine Mercy, that if we're so filled with graces by trusting in His mercy, that we just we can't even contain it. It just has to pour out from, from, from within us, from to, to, the, to the rest of the world. We can't even contain it. So here we go. Ten promises. Ten promises for the apostles of the sacred heart of Jesus. First promise for the apostles of the devotion. My divine master writes St. Margaret Mary. Show me the names of several persons written in letters of gold on his sacred heart. Names of which he will never allow to be effaced. These are the names of the persons who have labored the most to make his sacred heart known and loved. Second promise for the apostle of devotion. The sacred heart of Jesus has such a great desire to be known, loved, and honored by men. He wishes so ardently to establish the empire of his love in all hearts by destroying than the empire of Satan, that he promises great recompenses to all those who devote themselves with their whole hearts to establishing the reign of a sacred heart according to the lights and graces which he gives them. Third promise for the apostles of the devotion. In addition to the friendship of the divine heart, the apostles of the devotion are assured of the protection of the Blessed Virgin and of the saints, especially of St. Margaret Mary. She writes, oh, what happiness for us 
and for all who contribute to making the love of the heart of Jesus known and glorified, for they will draw down upon themselves the friendship and eternal blessings of this unique love of our hearts. The Blessed Virgin will be their special protectress. She will assist them in attaining to the perfect life. Folks, we're going to have the protection of the Blessed Mother, the protection of the Blessed Mother, the protection of the saints, protection of St. Margaret Mary, blessings from the Sacred Heart of Jesus. What do we have to do? Encourage those to, to say this devotion. But if you want to lead, lead by example. People will see it. They'll see the, the, the sincerity, the authenticity. You can't just start telling people, pray this devotion, pray this devotion, but you don't have it. You're not doing it yourself because they're going to, what story are you going to have to tell? What blessings are you going to have to share? What energy are you going to have about it? Right? You need to practice it first. So done and done. Moving forward to the fourth promise for the apostles of the devotion. The apostles of the sacred heart will make rapid progress in virtue. The sacred heart of Jesus will sanctify and glorify them. The loving heart of Jesus, writes St. Margaret Mary, has made known to me that he will take care to sanctify and glorify us before his heavenly Father. In the measure in which we exert ourselves to procure, to procure glory for him and to increase the reign of his love in the hearts of men. What's, that, what's Jesus saying? The more we try to spread this devotion, the more he's going to bless us, right? Fifth promise. For the apostles' devotion. The apostles of the sacred heart will receive the grace of the pure love of God. The zeal with which you labor to make the sacred heart of Jesus known and loved will gain for you in an ever-increasing degree the crowning gift of the pure love of God. Amen. You know, Jesus talks about in the Diary of I Mercy, which of course, Diary of I Mercy, 1925-1938, Jesus appears to St. Faustine in Poland. Tells her hundreds of things, appears to her physically roughly a hundred times. Everything's in harmony with sacred scripture. It is a re-emphasis on, in effect, the sacred heart devotion with a, with, with, uh, a very special emphasis on what pours forth from a sacred heart, the divine mercy, right? And that the divine mercy can do all things. In other words, the source of blessings we find out is the sacred heart of Jesus. And the divine mercy is, of course, what is pouring forth from the wound in the sacred heart of Jesus. But Jesus talks about in the Diary of Divine Mercy then a single act, how valuable a single act of pure love is. It's so valuable in the eyes of God. So, so how are we going to do that? Well, here's the thing, folks. You and I are, are to, to really, if we really, if we take Jesus at his word, he's telling us in the Last Supper, we can't do anything without him. Can't do anything without him. He says that, right? He says that in the we can't do nothing without Jesus. So in order for our love to be pure, it has to be really, it's a grace from God, right? It's not like something we can try and we ought to try, but if we're really going to have the pure love of God, it actually has to be a gift from God, right? So it ha all good things come from God. So I take Jesus at his word. I hope you do too. So Jesus says in the last time, you can't do anything without me. He says for... Uh, this is during the, 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 the vine and the branches. I'm not going to reread that part of Scripture right now. But the point I'm making is that Jesus is promising if we devote ourselves to this devotion and spreading the devotion, He will give us the pure love for God. Right? We're gonna, and, and, and so when we do these good things, it's, a, it's, see, it's, it's an exponential gift. Because then when we do things, it even has more value in the eyes of God. Right? But how do we get the pure grace of a pure love of God? Jesus said, practice this devotion to my sacred heart and spread it to the best of your ability. 
Let's see here. Six promise for the apostles of devotion. The apostles of the Sacred Heart will draw down special blessings on their native land and on their families. Oh, what happiness for those who contribute to making the adorable heart of Jesus known, loved, and glorified. By what means they will secure a powerful protector for their native land. Well, okay. My dad always, my earthly dad always says, uh, you know, if you, if you or I were born in America, we basically hit the lottery, right? I mean, we think about how great this country is. I love our country. It's such a blessed land. And where I'm going with this, I mean, listen, that's why people are coming and doing everything they can to get here, right? They, they want to be here. This is, the, this is the place to be, right? So um, with regards to the love we have for our land, if, if you love our, if, you, if you're listening, you say, I, I love my country too. I love my, what can I do for my country? Well, if you bring in this devotion, you're going to draw down special blessings for your country. Now, um, because of the way that the uh, you know, podcast run, we're very fortunate where we're able to reach people um, in India and Pakistan and different places like that. So the point I'm trying to make, maybe you love your country. Maybe you want to see great blessings poured down upon your country. Begin this devotion. Maybe you maybe you live in Canada. We have people listening in Canada. Listen, maybe maybe you live in obviously like me in America. You want to see America blessed. Begin this devotion. I think it goes out saying that probably just you never can make an assumption on this, but just about everybody on this on listening to this message at some point. You love your families, right? You want to see blessings to be poured forth upon your family. This is a great way to procure blessings for your family. Why? Because Jesus promises it. And if he promises it, he's going to keep that promise. Right? That's the whole point. Jesus only speaks the truth. We take Jesus at his word. Seventh promise for the apostles of the devotion. Great blessings reserved for the works of zeal undertaken by those apostolic workers who propagate the devotion to the sacred heart. They will make great conversions. My divine Savior writes St. Margaret Mary assured me that those who labor for the salvation of souls will have the art of touching the hardest hearts and will obtain marvelous success if they themselves are animated with a tender devotion to his divine heart. He will penetrate the most unfeeling hearts by the words of his preachers and faithful friends. He will so pour out the sweet unction of his ardent charity with such strong and powerful graces on their words that he will make them like a flaming sword with which will cause the most frozen hearts to melt in his love. The words of these apostles will be like two-edged swords which will penetrate the most hardened hearts and make the holy fountain of penance spring up in them purifying and sanctifying the most obstinate sinners and rendering them susceptible to the love of the divine heart. By this means, the most criminal souls will be led on to the salutary penance. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, um, I can attest to this being true. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to get overly specific, but I'll just say this. There have been times, even more so over the last few months, where I've been talking about the mercy of Jesus, I've been talking about his blessings, which of course pour forth from his sacred heart. And I've been really trying to step up my devotion to his sacred heart. And I can sense it. I can tell. I I I I like I'll look back even like an hour later and I whoa, I was really I was really profound. And 
not looking at what well, you know good job dennis no 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 like recognizing that god was speaking through me and it's i can see the results i'm going wow so what i'm trying to say is i can testify that this is true i'm telling you i'm i'm living it right now as i speak and i i will it's again not on my own merit because i i can't do anything without jesus you can't either that's what he said even those who aren't even don't even practice a devotion to jesus that, that don't even recognize the anything good comes from jesus whether that's how good he is that's how good he is so just imagine how much better it's going to be when you begin practicing this devotion to his sacred heart and then spreading this devotion. So I, I, I will tell you, I'm living this, this right now. And by the grace of God, I will continue to live this because it feels so good when it happens. You're like, you just feel like, wow, this was awesome. You know, so um, let me move into the eighth promise. Eighth promise for the apostle devotion. It will be given to the apostles of the sacred heart to understand the inestimable value of the cross and they will obtain strength and consolation in their difficulties the adorable heart of jesus writes saint margaret mary wishes to establish the reign of his pure love in all hearts happier those who will whom he will employ to aid him to establish his reign he did not tell me that his friends would not have nothing to suffer for he wishes them to make their greatest happiness consistent tasting its bitterness. My comment to that is this. Sometimes, some days are going to be tough, right? That's just the way it goes. But what I want, I, I, I remind you though, remember this, the mercy of Jesus is greater than our sins and those of the entire world. His mercy is so great. Jesus promises in diary of our mercy. No soul that is called up, Jesus says, no soul that is called upon my mercy has been disappointed or brought to shame. Amen. So, and Jesus is promising great blessings if we practice this devotion. So what I'm trying to say is, even though sometimes you're going to get hit, the blessings and the mercy far outweigh the hits. Right? They far outweigh the hits. And even when you get hit, it's that much more quickly Jesus is going to restore you and console you. And, and before you know it, you feel magnificent, right? You recognize that you recognize the truth. Now, remember this now. I, uh, I said this before, but I don't want to get too far. Jesus says, you know, he is the truth, right? He says that in scripture. So he is the truth. He thereby, def by he therefore, by definition, only speaks the truth. And anything that runs counter to his words, it's by definition untrue, right? It's a lie. So where I'm going with, and remember this, when Jesus first appears to St. Faustina in the Diary of Divine Mercy, Jesus says, my love deceives no one. In other words, he is the truth teller. What, remember this, in the, in the effort of, of this good habit, we ask ourselves, well, what did Jesus say about the truth? Well, he said he is the truth, and he also said it shall set you free right? He didn't say the truth hurts, by the way. Now I'll go on. I'll say if the truth sets us free, I'll make the case that the truth heals. The truth heals because if Jesus is the truth, which he says he is, and scripture says by his wounds, we are healed. We are in effect, what? Healed by the truth. It's the deception and the lies that cause the pain and the hurt. 
So my point ultimately to this is this. Yes, sometimes you're going to get hit. But what I'm trying to say is that the blessings and the mercy of Jesus are going to so far outweigh the hits. It's so well worth it. Done? Move into the next. Where are we? We are, we are wrapping up nine. We have ten, uh, totals ten promises worth the ninth right now. Ninth promise of the sacred heart of Jesus. For, pardon me. Ninth promise for the apostles of the devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus. The apostles of the sacred heart will obtain the grace of final perseverance and of a holy death. Many times, and I'm guilty of this as much of, as anybody, I focus so much on the here and now, right? Um, now, by the way, part of that is because we have to do God's will, right? And that, that, is, that is the here and now. But sometimes I, I'll be the first time I forget about the eternity. Um, you know, I remember when, I remember, uh, you know, the, the, the visual. Think about, like, if you, if you drew a line, Right? Maybe you drew a line, uh, I don't know, like just, I, you picture the line. And then you just drew a line like infinitely, infinitely longer, infinitely farther, that would go infinitely farther than the original the line that you drew. That's the difference between our life on earth versus eternity, right? I mean, think about that. Eternity. Eternity. We can't even comprehend that, right? As humans, it's like, it's it's almost incomprehensible. But the point I'm making is that Jesus is promising the grace of final perseverance and a holy death. In other words, that is a very good thing, right? For the, for the end game, for the, fi- for the final moments. Tenth promise, final promise for the apostles of the devotion. The sacred heart itself will be the reward of its apostles. Happy are those, writes St. Margaret Mary whom the sacred heart of Jesus will employ in establishing his reign. For it seems to me that it is like a king who thinks only of recompensing his friends while he gains victories and triumphs over his enemies. When this heart reigns victorious on its throne, it will be itself their eternal recompense. Amen. Remember this, the sacred heart is a source is jesus tells us in this devotion the sacred heart is the source of all blessings it's the source of all blessings all that you want all that you need it's coming from the sacred heart of jesus all the good things that you have in your life all the things that you're thankful for is a gift from the sacred heart of jesus what we're finding out is that's exactly what we're going to get so in other words this this uh, gift that yes, as as is always always said, this gift that continues to keep on giving. That is the sacred heart of Jesus, and Jesus is saying He's going to give us the gift is His sacred heart. So you continue to we continue to receive those blessings, those mercy, those graces, that peace that only Jesus can give. My name is Dennis McGee Jr. Thank you for listening and supporting the Jesus Only Speaks the Truth podcast.